Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. So, um, I have prepared a talk about uh, how we get in our own way. How we get in our own way. Um, I like to, for those of you that have not been here before, I like, we do the meditation and then I give a little talk and sometimes there's a discussion and other times I just give a talk and we go home. So, wow. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but um, I want to know if any of you have big examples of ways you get in your own way. And if you don't, I'll give you mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, occasionally I'll, I'll give myself so much to do that, uh, so much to do in a single period of time that it's not really possible to do it. And then occasionally that results in none of it happens. We don't think of that as a, we don't think of being too productive as a, trying to be too productive as a problem, but of course it is, right? So I wanted to tell you, um, I think we've all had the experience of uh, making excuses. That's the way, a way I get in my own way is making excuses. So like I'm trying to have a healthier diet, but you know what's really easy? not having a healthier diet, right? So I can make excuses and be like, well, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have the energy for this. I need to just eat the chips or whatever. I do that one a lot. But I also wanted to tell you, um, I'm doing a kind of a workout program and it's called Pio. It, include, it uh, combines Pilates and yoga. I don't know why you need to know that. But my day yesterday, um, first of all, I have, I have four kids and that keeps me pretty busy. So my day yesterday was pretty busy and I thought about making, making an excuse to not do my workout. I thought about that because I had one, I had all the kids and we played some board games and that was fun. And we, let's see, I had somebody come over to record a podcast and I did some shopping and I had to take my, take my oldest child, my daughter, to her grandmother's house. So I had all these things happening and I thought, am I gonna get to my workout today? I don't know. And I did, but I, I came close to just saying, what if we just don't do it today? And I think we all have sort of experiences like that where we, we're really good at making excuses to not do things that we should do, I think. And I think that applies to our spiritual practice as well. If I wasn't in charge here, I'd be I may be coming up with excuses not to come meditate, right? And I think that's very easy to do. And it, but it applies to many of our goals in life, big ones and little ones. We can be the cause, not of all of our problems, but a lot more than we may realize. And a way we can get out of our own way is just by being more aware and noticing, am I making a problem for myself right now? So that's part of why we're training for in awareness. And... I uh, also I scare easily, so I um, can get it out of in my way by just being scared of a new experience and just not doing it right. So, and public speaking is one of those because I'm public speaking right now, and 
just a couple years ago, that would have been really scary to me. That's why I rely heavily on my notes, I think. And people that have been doing it a long time don't, as much as me. But Why don't you have a monitor? What? Why don't you have a monitor? I should, yeah. I, well, I should get a teleprompter, like, out there behind everybody so you can't tell. But I, um, that was very scary to me. And a lot of things are kind of, I have a lot of anxiety. A lot of things are scary to me. Next week, I'm traveling to Washington, D.C. for work. I haven't flown in a plane since I was a kid. And I'm just going to be meeting people and making plans with them for legislative agenda. And it's so intimidating. And I could get in my way and I could be like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I haven't been on a plane since I was a kid. I've traveled, but I, I like to travel by driving. So the whole thing is really scary, but I'm doing it. It's uh, going to be a positive experience for me, I think. But I could easily be scared of that and get in my way because I do have a lot of anxiety around it. Um, what's that saying? Like, it's not brave to have no fear. It's brave to be afraid and do it anyway. Something like I butchered that, but something like well, that. Something uh, like that. My analogy is from the movie Grumpy Old Men. You regret the, the things that you don't. But basically, you regret the things that you don't attempt. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So... Um, sometimes I like to talk about what is called the three poisons and these are things that kind of cause a lot of problems for us. They're kind of ways we cause problems for ourselves and these are, I'm not sure about this wording, but they're, okay, greed, aversion, and delusion are the words that are typically used. And I'm not sure if those are the best words for these, but Greed is sometimes called desire instead, and it's just, I want, I need something right now. If it's not right now, I'm going to be unhappy. So that is where, you know, I think making excuses, getting out of doing the things I should do, that's greed. It interrupts the natural flow of things. Adding my desire into my life, trying to change things, not being satisfied, that can make us really unhappy sometimes. And also, it's sometimes really unrealistic as well. Sometimes we really want the world to line up in just the way to make our day right, and the world doesn't always do that. And the second one is aversion, and that's really the opposite. That is, I'm rejecting my experience. Get that away from me. Sometimes it's called, sometimes it's called hatred, and I think that's too heavy, but it's just... I really don't want that. Get that away from me. And so with that, it's when a bad thing's happening and we're in our own way because we're obsessed with that bad thing that's happening. Instead of maybe instead of trying to get solutions, we're just, just clinging to what's happening and just, just being upset. Um, in my household, my children have a lot of aversion around what they perceive as unfairness. So because there's four kids, often some kids feel like, other children are getting things that they want and you can't make them all happy of course so there's a lot of aversion around that in my house and pain can't be avoided but that said we don't have to cling to it and obsess with it we can kind of i hope we can kind of hold on to it loosely if you've ever i have had the experience when i can't find something like my keys or my phone or my wallet or whatever man i get upset man i get upset and then i'm upset and I'm not thinking clearly, and I'm not finding it. So that's a, that's a way we get in our own way too, right? Does anybody else get upset when you lose something? Yeah? <laughs> I, go nuts. <laughs> I go bananas, dog. I'm on the way here. 
Sunmask as well today. He was really mad. He said, I'm terrified this is impossible. And I walked him through, where were you? Maybe you should start collecting the laundry, start in your room, maybe you'll find it two minutes later down. That's what happens. Yeah. Oh, I always tell my kids, well, if you had a clean room, you'd probably find things. So. <laughs> I remember last week, I can't remember why I couldn't find. <laughs> and the last one is delusion, and that's a little bit harder to talk about, but it's just when we're holding on to a story when we're holding on to a story. So that can be the story we're telling ourselves about our past, or it's the story we're telling us ourselves about what's going on now, or whatever we're projecting into the future, because a lot of the time, uh, we're not right. We're not right. And if you've ever, like, somebody says something kind of weird, and you're trying to overanalyze their motivations, that's sort of delusion if you become convinced that you know why they're doing what they're doing that's sort of delusion because you don't really know why people do what they what they do how else can i explain that well i was a professional driver and i was i told people from the very beginning i was a professional mind because you have to be because you look into every car or vehicle to see what they're doing in there. I'm serious. There's no privacy. <laughs> I, I want to see what where your license plates are from. I want to know if you're from that city or not. I, I, I do that here. I do it all the time. I, I want to read their minds. <laughs> what, what is their intention? What is the possibility of their intention? And it's even more Worse now with GPS, I've seen people, they just go, you know, they'll make sudden moves back on the, on the regular highway because they went, oh, I don't need to go off this exit. I am. Um, a, a version of you exists in the minds of everybody that's ever met you. Right. Mm. Right. We don't know how many assumptions we're making about people. Because it's happening underneath our underneath our clear perception, but we're making assumptions about everyone we meet all the time, and we have to think really clearly to to know that. And um, I just wanted to say about about what he said. Um, I think of like I would never ride a motorcycle. That sounds terrifying to me. But I think people on motorcycles really have to be mind readers for their safety. You have to know what all these cars are doing all around you, right? Or well, maybe you don't have to, but it would be good. I almost hit a fellow years ago, and it was because his headlight was matching up with the car's headlight. It just, you know. I didn't see three lights. Mm. I seen two. Just in the car. So, uh, what, what we are trying to do here, at least an aspect of what we're trying to do, is just to be more aware of our experience so that we're not telling ourselves stories or getting caught up in those two things, in that greed or that aversion. Things are going to happen, and the things are going to unfold however they do, and we can't control everything. Maybe we can control a lot of things, but we can't control everything. The only thing we can really control is ourselves, our, our minds, really, because we can't really control our bodies either. So understanding our actions 
and responses is the first step to getting out of our way. So that's why, that's a part of why we're doing these practices. So um, that's all I had to say, but if there, are there any comments or questions from anyone? Well, I actually, during the meditation, I went to a time when I worked, I went to, moved to Idaho in 1999, and I just wandered into this job working in the mountains. Well, I would be out in the middle of the mountains by myself, and and I would just I would just sit and take it all in in the dark in the light. Whenever I was stopped, I was just taking the whole experience in and. At night, I I could swear I could hear the 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 rest of the world, the noise of the rest of the world around me. Because if you relax that much, like you were talking about the mm -hmm. sounds, you know I could hear a din. I know there was. You know. I think I think we hear a lot more than we than we. We hear a lot more than we hear is what I was going to say, and that doesn't make sense. We hear a lot more than we notice or a lot more than we're aware of. Um, and sometimes when I'm doing a meditation, I do start to kind of think about other times I've meditated. I'm not trying to, but I do start to do that sometimes. And that's, that's what that, that makes me think of. I, was, I, was, I go to that peaceful place, and that's where I ended up tonight. I found the, the thoughts that creep in in meditation. I mean, I, through my own practice, I've found over the years, I used to lean really into the thoughts, like I used to, I, I really didn't understand. And so I'd meditate and then I would try to just, just try to understand what my brain was teaching me. And what I find very helpless, helpless, helpful with, uh, well, you know, I guess helpless is true too, is um, with mindfulness practice versus other forms, um, you're, you, the thoughts come up and sometimes they're just stuff. Like, you know, you could be like, oh, I gotta talk to my kid about this or I gotta that, or it's just suddenly you realize, it's like, oh, this is what your brain is doing all the time. You just don't even hear them. And as you start to say no, you start to reject them, you start to file them away. You're like, that's a thought. It can, it's important, it well, can come back later. You're saying that, and, and I, I know that's why a lot of people, because I practice mm -hmm. self-hypnosis uh, meditation right. to go to sleep since I've been 13, when I was 13. Mm -hmm. So, what people, I can't sleep, right? It's because they're thinking that everything else but relaxing. Mm -hmm. Resting. You, you focus your mental energy on clearing your mind instead of creating thoughts. Exactly. And actually, you're, you're, you're at a place where you're like, oh, I really am just sitting in a room. I can hear sounds. People are doing things. Um, but I don't have any real attachment to them. And then, you know, eventually you start to lose that and you, you know, all that. But you just hold it as long as you um, and then there's there's a benefit. What's what I find funny is the thoughts that come up in med in in my meditation will happen, and then after meditation, I don't know they don't really actually matter most of the time. Like they were just noise. I think uh, most people say that either they struggle with thinking of nonsense or they struggle with things coming up that they are trying not to face in their life, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think those people are the ones that quit meditation the most because they're like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think about that. Well, what that really, really is, in a psychological sense, is anxiety. Anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
and it's it can be really horrifying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But being able to dismiss a thought and practicing that with trivial stuff, it, it's the skill still remains when you suddenly start remembering a very painful memory or a, a really painful attachment that may be severed or whatever. You know, you're, it, you could, the same skill remains. <laughs> you can you start to realize, like you're like, oh, oh, this horrible depressing thought, this horrible. Wait, actually, I'm meditating, so you know, I have to come back later. I don't have to. Right, the thing doesn't go away, but also I don't have to dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can give it the amount of attention of attention it needs instead of whatever my brain's trying to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little while to get there. You have to like step through it and go yeah. through the difficult parts and all that. <laughs> Okay, well, I want to thank everyone for coming. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.